Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. I was really pumped uh, to preach uh, last Sunday, uh, last Wednesday and Sunday, and I'm, I'm really excited to preach week two of a sermon series we're calling So Help Me God. Did you enjoy last week's message? I, I hope that you did. Um, I got to tell you, I follow a lot of pastors and preachers. Uh, we have a, a Facebook page, and um, it's a joke, but once again, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, but I have noticed that really nationwide, uh, pastors are preaching on the topic of, of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches, it's not just here at Journey Church, we didn't get together and decide on that. I think that's something that God is facilitating in this moment. And I think the reason why everybody's preaching it, um, to be quite honest, is because I think people, uh, we're into this pandemic now, five, six months, life has been different. It's going to be different for a little longer. And I think people are just starting to give up, but give up in the best way possible. Give up in a way that says, I can't do this on my own strength. Give up in a way that says, I can't do this alone. Give up in a way that says, if I'm going to make it these next couple of months, I'm going to need the supernatural power of God. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. I can't do it on my own strength. I can't do it on my own wisdom. I can't do it on my own power. I need a higher power. I need a helper. That was the name that he was given by Jesus when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. And that's where we get this sermon series from. So help me. God, it's a sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm, uh, I'm probably going to do this a lot longer. I had originally planned to do three weeks, and I think we might go seven. I think we just might spend the rest of the year uh, in So Help Me God. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. John 14, 16 through 17. Reading from the ESV, this is where we get our inspiration from. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, say the word with me. Come on, say it with me to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. Well, the word helper in the Greek comes from the Greek word parakletos. Say parakletos. And there are a lot of translations of the Bible and a third of the translations of this word in the Bible translated as helper, which is what we base the series around. But there's another word that is translated in another third of the translations because this word parakletos has different definitions. And the other word that is translated parakletos, we'll see it in the King James Version, it'll be on the screen. And I pray that the Father, he shall give you another, say this word with me. Come on, say it loud that he may abide with you forever. Today I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us by comforting us. Now, I got to admit, I'm a little bit underwhelmed when I talk about the Holy Spirit as comforting us. And if you are human, you are probably a little bit underwhelmed as well. I mean, of all the words that Jesus could have used to describe the Holy Spirit, I, I feel like he should have used like, you know, like a, like a better word. Uh, comforting is not really the best, like, superpower. And by the way, while we're on the topic of superpowers, um, comforter is not really the best superhero name. If Jesus is going to heaven and he's saying, don't worry, I'm going to send somebody to be with you. I, I need, I need, I need like a real, like, I need like, I need like the defender. You know what I'm saying? So he could 
fight my battles. You know what I'm saying? I need like, maybe not to defend her. I need like, it would have been great if you would have said, I'm going to heaven, but I'm sending you the bulldozer. Come on to break the walls and knock down the chains and all that cool stuff. Maybe if it wasn't the bulldozer, maybe the punisher. Right? Come on, you can take care of my enemies, Lord. That's on you, Jesus. You do it. You mess with my Lord, I'll punish you. But the name he gave him, listen, if I'm in trouble, I'm not looking for the comforter. Are you a blanket, bro? What is that on? Beware my God. If you mess with me, you better watch out. You got the comforter coming your way. He will hug you to death. He will kiss you and make you feel all warm inside. I don't want the comforter. I want a warrior. I feel like that's what I need. Yet, take a second and think about the first thing a human being does when they're brought into this world. What do they do? They cry. Wow. Now let me help you out real quick. How many people in church today, you just had a baby or you about to have a baby? Come on, let me see your hand. Yes, you might give birth today. I see that (laughs) belly and uh, we pray for you. Amen. Which would be the second baby that went into labor here in this facility. <laughs> and so it's a true story. And let me give you some tips if you're about to have a baby. There are some questions you need to get answered before you leave the hospital. Come on, parents. Okay. One, the first question you need to ask is like, this, I needed this one, this is not, is how do I know my baby is feeding? That was real important because Liz was breastfeeding and it's like, you know, like her breast didn't have like a meter, you know. So we didn't know if she was eating or not. And so the doctor said, you get a scale and then you feed him. And if he weighs more after you feed him than before you fed him, then he drank. I was like, what? The second question you need to get answered before you leave. And and the nurse might not be able to answer this question. You might need like a, like a master engineer. Uh, But how do I install the car seat? Uh, into the car, because that thing is like, that's like a science, okay? If you've ever installed a car seat, that's real difficult. The third question that you need answered from the nurse, now parents, you gotta back me up. If you've had a baby, you need, because you know this is true. Before you leave the hospital, make sure you ask that nurse, how did you wrap him like that? (laughs) Come on now, am I right about it? I tell you what, if you, listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have the baby, baby comes out. You feed the baby, after you feed the baby, they wrap the baby. It's the same blanket all over the world. That, that right there is crazy. It's the same color. And then they take the blanket and they look at the baby and they just... And then they hand you not a baby, but a burrito. They hand you a burrito, a burrito baby. And, you're, and, and you can just like, it's so tight. You could throw a spiral, I'm saying, with the baby. It's so tight. The wrap is just... And, and, and I didn't know why they did that. And so I, I just took the baby. I said, this is pretty cool. We took him home. Justice, our firstborn, for a couple weeks, he, he wouldn't sleep. He had trouble eating, but he also couldn't sleep. We went back to the nurse. We said, well, you know, there's a, there's a, a breastfeeding problem there. He's not eating enough. But, but also, I, is this how you wrap him when you put him in bed? I said, yeah. She said, you can't wrap him like that. I said, well, you never taught me. There was no classes. I'm not good at origami. You never taught me. And she said, here, and she showed me. And she took the baby from me. And she just put the baby, and she started, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, you're hurting 
rhythm. And he's like, no, no, you got to do it tight. It's got to be tight. And I said, why does it have to be tight? It's because when the baby was in the womb, it was a warm, small, comfortable environment where he could not move his hands. And then when it left the womb, it started moving. And if you don't tighten it up, he said, the baby will always feel like it's falling. So you got to Google it because I, I was going to bring it in. We were going to have a laugh. But I don't know if you've ever seen a baby just kind of laying on the, zoom in real quick on the face real quick, just laying here. And then the baby just laying and all of a sudden, you ever seen the baby do that? Right? It's, it, it's called the moral effect. And, and it, it, the baby thinks that it's falling and, and it's not because it's, it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's not comfortable. And so you, so you got you to gotta tighten it up. And so comfort is actually really, really important. The only problem is when we get older, I've noticed, we never really stop feeling like we're falling. You know, I remember when my parents uprooted me from Florida to New York and I lost my entire life that I had built over 17 years. I felt like I was falling. I don't know if you know somebody who's been diagnosed or gotten sick and you get the news and all of a sudden you feel like you're falling. I don't know if you have a loved one who got locked up or you've been locked up and all of a sudden you feel like it's falling and, and life is kind of falling apart. Here's the crazy thing. Life is falling, <laughs> but at some age they take away the blanket. <laughs> if you're 30 and you got a blanket, you know. You're in the right place. You're in the house of God. You're in a good place. So when they take away the blanket, hear me, we have to find something else to comfort us. And a lot of people will find that comfort in alcohol or another substance. Some of it will find it on a screen. I find that most people find comfort, though, in relationships. I think there's three kind of major relationships that we find comfort in. I think the first relationship we find comfort in is the, uh, the relationship with the parent. How many people know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter. I, I'm 30. I'll be 34 years old next month. And I still love a hug from my mama. I see you, mama. Come on. And especially, uh, give it up for mamas. You better give it up for mamas. Tell me not. That's why if you have a bad relationship with your parent, you'll always feel uncomfortable. Because there's something about that covering. Some of us will find comfort not in a parent, but in a child. Come on. I don't know if you ever held a baby let me rephrase that. I don't know if you ever held your baby. You hold a baby, it's stressful. You hold your baby, you got, you got comfort. But the problem with a baby, the problem with a parent is that a parent will eventually, I don't mean to be morbid, but they will die and they will go. The problem with a child, uh, some children, my, my child passed away, but the, uh, child, children will grow up. And then here's what they don't tell you when you spend your whole life raising kids. They leave you. They leave you. And that's why some husbands and wives are uncomfortable when the baby leaves. Because they spent their whole time building a relationship on that child, getting comfort from that child. They forgot how to get comfort in one another. Sometimes we'll get comfort in our, our friends. And that's cool. When you're going through something, you can always count on a friend to send you a message. But eventually, how many people know the messages stop? They're not always there. They can't always be around. Comfort. Comfort is valuable. You know, you could be rich and not have comfort. You could be healthy and not have comfort. You could be religious and not have comfort. And if you have comfort, it doesn't even matter how much money you have. If you have comfort, it doesn't matter even if you're healthy. If you have comfort, it doesn't even matter if you have religion. If you find it, it's great. But the problem with finding it is that even if you find it, you can't keep it. You can't hold on to it. Because the thing that you find it in always ends up leaving you. 
which is where the Holy Spirit comes in because the Holy Spirit says, I will be with you. I will be the one who will give you comfort. So even when everyone else and everything else leaves you, I will be there to comfort you. It's such a promise, but it's also such a problem. It's such a problem because I believe it, but sometimes, can I, can I be real? This is not, this is, this is, the, this is a confession slash the title of my sermon. I believe it. I believe he's the comforter. I believe he'll always be there for me. I believe that I can find rest in him. I believe that he can make the anxiety go. I believe in all these things. But some days, here's my message. Here's my message. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And to be clear, I believe it. If I'm honest, though, some days I'm, I'm not feeling it, especially these days. I'm not feeling comfort. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling fear. Did you know that gun sales are record gun sales for the year 2020? Record gun sales. I got a friend who's black. I called him after the whole George Floyd instance. He said, yeah, man, I bought a gun. It's the first gun I have owned. He said, but I got to protect my family. And you got other people on the other side buying guns because they're afraid of protesters. You got some people, this isn't a gun message, by the way, or a gun rights message, you do what you want to do. I'm just saying people are doing it. Some people buying guns because of the pandemic. Some people buying guns because it's an election year. They don't know what's going to happen. People buy guns because they're, they're, they're afraid. Those are the two industries that are killing it in 2020. Guns and toilet paper. <laughs> Absolutely killing it. That's why you got to be crazy with fear. You got to be careful with fear because fear will make you do crazy things. Fear is irrational and leads you to irrational decisions. People buying up toilet paper. What was that even about? I went to CVS because Liz sent me there because she heard that they were selling toilet paper. So I went into CVS and I bought a pack of toilet paper and there was a lady in front of me and she also had a pack of toilet paper in her shopping cart. This has nothing to do with the sermon. It's just funny. And she went to the front and the guy at the counter said, why are you buying toilet paper? She said, I don't know. My husband sent me. I never talk to strangers in stores. But at that moment, I felt compelled. I said, my wife sent me too. We looked at each other and we're like, what's going on? I'm like, 2020. I don't really know. Scared, man. I'm not really feeling comfort. If I'm honest, I'm feeling sad some days. I'm feeling sad. How many people died today? Oh. How many cases today? Oh. What did they catch on another cell phone from another person to another minority? What? And it's hard. If it was just regular sadness, I can handle it. But when it comes from so many directions at the same time, you can't even resolve it. Because I don't know if you've ever been in this situation in 2020. Someone says, what's wrong? You go, I don't even know. I can't even really tell you because it's so much and trying to manage our emotions is like pulling the Christmas lights out of the attic. It's all rumbled up. You don't even know where to start. You're overwhelmed. And so instead of processing it like a healthy human being, because it's just too much, you know what we do? We shut off our feelings together. And I'm not feeling it. Some days I'm feeling numb. I'm feeling numb. Now, I got to talk to some people today because there are some people in the room today, you think you're tough, but you're not tough, you're numb. There is a difference between becoming resilient and becoming desensitized. When you're resilient, you feel pain, but you push through pain. You get tougher through it. But when you're desensitized, you don't feel anything at all. And we have a name for a person who doesn't feel anything. We call them paralyzed. The paralyzed man is not lucky because he cannot feel. The paralyzed man is stuck. 
Because he cannot move. If you're resilient, you'll be able to move through it. But if you become desensitized, you'll be paralyzed in it. At the very best, you're delaying the breakdown. At the very, and then you'll just be, you'll just be just buying toilet paper at CVS and just have a breakdown right there in front of the, in front of the counter. What's wrong? I don't know. I was holding it in for a long time. Long time. And the worst thing about feeling numb is that if we're not careful, that numbness can carry over in our spiritual life. And so we pray, but it's just been so much. I'm, I'm numb. That worship song that you used to love. Remember that worship song you used to love? It would play and you would just be like, oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's it. That's the one. It don't hit like it used to hit anymore. Listen, if that's you today, if you're not feeling God, if you're not feeling the presence, if you're not feeling comfort, but you are feeling fear, you are feeling scared, you, you, you are feeling sad, you are feeling numb, you're not feeling God, this is the message for you. I, 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 I prepared this sermon for you because I got good news for you. You're in a good place. You know why you're in a good place? Even though you're not feeling it? Because God's not a feeling. Because the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. And so because he is not a feeling, your feelings are not dependent on his presence. Now the Holy Spirit will make you feel, but he's not a feeling. And there's a big difference. And you need to learn the difference because when you learn the difference, you won't just be able to to separate the Holy Spirit from your feelings, but you'll be able to separate your feelings from your faith and be able to maintain your faith no matter what you're feeling. Jesus separates feelings and the Holy Spirit very much. He does it in three ways. He gives contrast right here in John, in the same story. John, right there, chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another. Say this word with me. Comforter. Say with me. To be with you forever. If you're taking notes, write this down. Holy Spirit is with you forever. But feelings are with you for now. Can I talk about feelings? How many people know feelings change? They change and they change quick. You know, you don't feel uh, the same way about music today than you did when you were a teenager, right? Liz and I were driving in our car and, uh, and I played her all the songs that I, that, I remember, that I remember growing up to in the 80s and 90s and she sat through it and I was like, all right, now you play the songs you grew up listening to. Well, she was a hip hop head. And so she's like, okay. So she played all the hip hop songs that she heard in the 90s she grew up on. I'm just gonna tell you, at the end of that car ride, we had to rededicate our lives to Jesus. Oh my God, the lyrics, the words, the profanity, the violence. As we were listening to it, we were like, we like that? Back then? How many people know I'm talking about? I've had to apologize to her, not for my music, but my movies. Sometimes I'll show her movies and I'm like, this movie is the best movie. It changed my life, baby. I was a kid that's actually redirected the trajectory of my future. And then we'll play it and we'll be like, those special effects are well. <laughs> it was a lot better back then. How many people know we change the way we feel, not just about music, not just about movies, but also about people. Come on, testify if your best friend in one season will become a stranger in the next season. Feelings change and feelings change quick. I remember when our son wanted to play baseball and, and we got him in baseball and then we had to buy him the equipment and he went to the baseball store. It was Dick's Sporting Goods and, and he looked at these bats and I don't know if you ever bought a baseball bat before, but they got the $40 one and the $400 one. 
And he's got, just like his mama, he's got expensive tastes. So he went to the $400 bat and he was like, I want this bat, dad. I said, no. So we're going to get the $40 bat. Now listen, well, you don't believe in your son? I believe in my son. I just don't think he's going to stick with baseball. And if he does stick with baseball and he's any good, <laughs> then I will buy him the bat. But I put him in soccer. He did it for a season and quit. So I'm not going to spend $400. So I'm not going to invest in something that's going to change so quickly. I got good news and bad news. Shout at me what you want first. Good news. Okay, here's the good news. The feeling that you're feeling won't last long. Come on, somebody. The depression that you feel won't last long. The anxiety that you feel won't last long. The pain that you feel won't last long. You went through a breakup, I'm sorry. It won't last forever. The pain will change. The, 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 the depression will transition. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. You are investing a lot of time, energy, thoughts, and worry into something that will not last long. It's just feelings. You got to be careful. Elijah was so depressed one time. He said, God, I don't want to kill myself. I'm going to commit suicide. You know what God told him? He said, take a nap and eat carbs. <laughs> it's in the Bible. First king, he said, here's some bread, go to sleep. He woke up in the morning. He was like, let's take over the world, Lord. God was like, I knew it. It wasn't going to last. You were real invested. Suicide? You were real invested for something that just happened 10 minutes ago. Jesus, on the other hand, didn't want to die. He told the father in the garden. He said, if there's any way for me to do this thing and not have to go through this, God, show me. But then I believe uh, he heard John, Peter, James, and John snoring. <laughs> it was his three disciples and they were, they were praying, but they stopped praying and they fell asleep. And they fell asleep three times. And I believe Jesus heard them snoring and he laughed a little bit. Like, <laughs> maybe not, I don't know. My Jesus laughs. I don't know about your Jesus, but. He laughed a little bit at it. And when he thought about Peter, James, and John, he goes, of all that I've invested. He goes, I, I, I know this pain is going to be tough, but if I can endure it for the time, I know it'll pay off in the, in the, in the, in the end. In the end. I, it, it, your, your feelings will change. Your, your feelings will transition. That's why you got to be careful before you change your major. Before you quit your job. Before you pack those bags, before you give it up, give it a minute. Because you might not feel the same way tomorrow. And even though the feelings will change, the consequences will remain. This is why it's so important for you to understand that the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Because if you think that the Holy Spirit is a feeling, then when the feeling leaves, because that's what feelings do, you will think that God left you as well. And if you interpret the leaving of the feeling as the leaving of the Holy Spirit, then you will say, well, God, if you walked away from me, then I'm going to walk away from you. And I can't tell you how many people have stopped praying, how many people have stopped worshiping, how many people have stopped coming to church. Hey, man, what happened? Oh, I just wasn't feeling it. And can, can I be honest? I've, I've been a, a husband. I've been married for 12 years. Amen. I don't know if you're going to clap for the next part. but And there are some days I'm not feeling it. I love you, babe. You're the best. It's not about you. I would, I would say married people say amen, but, but nope. You won't. You won't. Hey, I've been a parent for seven years, but there are some days I'm not feeling it. 
Parents, you can say amen. They're in children's church. You can say amen. <laughs> I've been a pastor in a couple of weeks. It'll be for four years. And there are some days I'm not feeling it. I read my Bible every morning and not every morning. There are some mornings I wake up and I'm not feeling it. But I do it because even though I'm not feeling it, I still believe it. I believe in the power of marriage. I believe that I married the most beautiful woman in the world. I believe that being a parent is the greatest responsibility. I believe that Journey Church is one of the greatest churches in the whole world. I believe that it just takes one verse to change the trajectory of my life. I'm not feeling it, but I still believe it. You know, some things you don't need to feel to know. Some things you don't need to feel to believe. And I know you have a hard time with that because science teaches you that the only way you can know things are through your five senses. Seeing, see if I can remember them all. Smelling, feeling, touching, hearing, and tasting. And tasting. Someone looked at me and was like, I was like, damn. I'm sorry if you don't like the message, but you don't got to. And tasting. And I can't see the Holy Spirit. Taste them, smell them. And the other ones, I can't do that with him. But did you know that science has recently discovered a sixth sense? It's true. It's called, and this is how I make this up. This, you can Google this. This is called proprioception. Google it if you can spell it. Proprioception. <laughs> Sign language team, you're going to try that one out. Proprioception. Proprioception is a sixth sense. It doesn't use any of the five. Okay, ready? Are my hands open? How do you know my hands are open? Because you can see it? Okay. I, I know my hands are open too. I believe my hands are open. But how do I know my hands are open? I can't see it. I can't feel it because they're not touching anything. I can't hear it. I can't smell it. And I can't the other one, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't taste it. They're open. I don't. Do you know how I know that they're open? Pro. Preception. Proprioception. Here's what it is. On the inside, there are muscles that are being stretched. And even with my eyes closed, I can feel the stretching of the muscles. Now, here's the crazy thing. Scientists can't call that feeling technically because feeling is when you. So they got another word for the sensation and the information that is going to my brain. And it's not feeling it's awareness. The stretching causes the awareness that something is. Let me give it to you another way. When Jesus died on the cross, he said this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know why he said that? Because he took on your sin and my sin. And the sin was so heavy. It was the sin of all the world of all time placed on him that he can no longer feel God because the sin had become a block to God. And so when he couldn't feel God, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't feel him. He couldn't sense him. But my God, my God, why have you forsaken me was not the last words that he prayed. The last words that he prayed was, Father, into your hands I commit 
my spirit. In other words, he was praying to a God he could not feel because the stretching had brought an awareness of his presence. Oh my goodness. And it's easy to know God's there when you feel him. But when he stretches you, when you get put in a situation that is unpleasant, I don't feel him, but I'm aware of him. I know that he's there even when I'm being stressed. I can't see him. I don't hear his voice. I can't taste him or smell him. But the stretching is telling me that God is there. I am aware. Oh, it's one thing to feel them when you're being blessed, but it's another thing to be aware when you're being stretched. There's anybody being stretched today? Let me encourage you. Your stretching is just as much evidence of his presence as your blessing. Just as much. We, we're not going in yet. I'm sorry. This might go a little bit. Yeah. You, but you stay there because we'll do it eventually. <laughs> Stretching, the stretching, the stretching, the stretching, the stretching. But that is my cue. I will, I will, I will move up a little ahead. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. What did he call him? The spirit of what? Write this down. Holy Spirit can only speak truth, but feelings can lie. Holy Spirit can only speak truth because he hears from God, but feelings can lie. Liz and I were at Islands of Adventure the other day, and we went to the Velociraptor Experience. Have you ever been to the Velociraptor Experience? It's where this robot Velociraptor pops out of the, of the, the, the fake trees, and then the photographer takes pictures. We didn't know what that was because we were the first one in line. Typically, you see other people go through it. You know what to expect. But if you're the first one in line, you don't know what to expect. So it was, you know, COVID. So there was nobody there. And we went. We were the first one in line. And we, we went up there. And then Liz comes up to take the picture. And this mechanical velociraptor jumps out. I haven't seen my wife jump that high since our honeymoon night. Um, but she, 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 tell the truth, she ain't the devil. She, uh, she, she was... She freaked out. She was so scared. Now, let me ask you a question. Did my wife actually believe that Velociraptor was real? But she felt afraid. Her feelings were communicating something to her that was not true. This is why insecure people are some of the most defensive people. Because they always feel like they're under attack even though nobody even knows you exist. You, 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 you buy something and then the, the, the person will say good morning and you'll be like, what do they mean? When they said good morning, of course my morning is good. Why wouldn't it be good? What are you talking about? What are you thinking about? Your feelings are lying to you because that's what feelings do. Look at Chronicles really quickly. And, and so, so how do feelings lie? Look at Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 21 verse 1. And Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take a census of the people of Israel. How do you think Satan caused David? I think I know. I think David woke up one morning and was feeling a little bit insecure in his army. And he said, hmm, you know what? I better count how many soldiers I have. This was a sin because God didn't want David to put his trust in his horses. He wanted David to put his trust in him. But Satan spoke through his Feelings. Look at Matthew. Matthew, really quickly. You might have heard this passage of scripture. Matthew 16, 22 to 23. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. Peter was telling Jesus, I don't want you to die on the cross. You're not going to die on the cross, Jesus. No way. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me. Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You know what Jesus was telling Peter? He said, Peter, I hear you and I appreciate you, but you're in your feelings. That's not God's will. You are in your feelings. When God speaks to you, God will always speak to you through his word. But when Satan speaks to you, he will often speak through your feelings. And so what you got to do is you got to take your feeling and you got to make sure your feeling matches up with what God said about you. And if what you're feeling doesn't match what he said, it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to take your feelings through the filter of his promises. You might feel like a nobody, but the book says you're a son and a daughter of the most high God. You might feel like your life is over, but the word says, I got plans for you that don't nobody know. You're a sleeper. You're about to come out. You might feel like you're not going to make it, but God says, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. I'm sorry. I know I got feelings, but I'm not going to let those feelings lie to me. I know the truth. Of course, he, he's going to use feelings. It's a Trojan horse because if you feel it, you think you thought it. And so you let it in. But the enemy will hijack your emotions to promote his agenda. I'm going to close here and bring it to the last one. The difference between the Holy Spirit and feelings. John 16, 13 through 14. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. Next verse, next verse. Next one. I'll read it if I have it. I know I do. He will guide you. He will guide you. 1613. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. I promise it's a Bible verse, even though you don't see it on the screen. He will guide you. He will guide you. He will guide you. Someone say he will guide you. The Holy Spirit will what? Okay, write this down. Holy Spirit leads, but feelings follow. Holy Spirit leads, but feelings follow. Worship team, you can come on now. Holy Spirit leads, but feelings follow. You know, last week, my family and I remembered the passing of our uh, third child, Journey, Joseph Vasquez, and we were sad. And of course we were sad because there was a situation. There was a sad situation. That's normal. Are you seeing what I'm saying? My feelings normally follow the situation. I, I, you're not getting it, so I'll illustrate it really quickly. I haven't done a sermon illustration in a while. Let me get my volunteers as well up real quick. This is a Razor scooter. <laughs> I stole it from the kids. All right, Austin, I want you on this scooter. You're going to be my feelings because you're emotional in the, in the best sense, of course. Um, you're going to be uh, my situation <laughs> because James is our youth pastor, so he's going to be the spirit. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, Lola, I want you to get in front of me really quickly. All right. Now, Lola, I want you to just kind of walk in a straight line and then we'll go straight. Okay. So this is my situation. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Make a, a, a right turn here. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I am attached to my situation. And wherever my situation goes, I go. Now, there's a reason why my feelings are on a razor scooter. Because I needed to put my feelings on wheels. Because the message that I was trying to communicate was that my feelings don't really have a choice. My feelings will always follow the direction that they're pulled in. So if the situation, you go a little faster. If the situation is a good situation, guess where my feelings are going? To good places. If my situation is a bad situation, guess what my feelings are going to? Bad places. Now here's my dilemma. Let's pause real quick. I'm stuck because I can't force my feet. I can't, I can't control my feelings. I can't choose my feelings and I can't control my situation. If I get hit by a car at a red light, I couldn't control that. It just happened. Are you following me? Okay, now here's the spirit. Spirit, come here real quick. Spirit, sounds like Christmas Carol. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit is here looking swagalicious. You look great. Holy Spirit, come on. You're just a Steelers fan. We got to work on that Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit, look at, he's near my situation, but he doesn't have a rope. And the reason why he doesn't have a rope is because the Holy Spirit will never coerce you or force you. He will only ever invite you. He will only ever invite you. He's got promises. He's got wisdom. He's got direction. He's got guidance. He's got peace, but he got no rope. So if I'm going to follow him, if he's going to lead me, the first thing I'm going to have to do if I'm going to want to go in his direction is I'm going to have to let go of my situation. Let go of my situation and then spirit lead me. Go ahead. Yeah. Amen. Stay right there. I want to follow you, spirit. I want to follow you, but it's hard. Why? Because when my situation was in charge, I didn't have to pull my feelings because it was the momentum of my situation that brought my feelings with me. But when you let go of your situation and choose to follow the Spirit's leading, you then take on the responsibility of pulling your feelings with you wherever you go. In other words, you're not going to feel like it. But you got to get the energy. Now you go ahead. Go ahead, Spirit. And you got to be able, go ahead, to preach to your own soul. And say, I know you don't feel like it, feelings. But we're going to do what God said we're going to do. Come on, feelings. I know you don't feel like it. But we're going to stay with my family. I know you don't feel like being a good father, but I'm going to be a good father to my children. I know you don't feel like staying in this marriage, but I'm going to stay in this marriage because I feel like that's what the Spirit is leading me to do. So, so come on, feelings. You're not in charge here. Feelings follow. I, I, know, I know I don't have the energy to worship, but, but come on, feelings, let's worship. I know I don't have the strength to stand up, but I'm going to stand up even if I don't feel like standing up. I'm going to press in even if I don't feel like pressing in. 
feeling. Wherever the spirit goes, that's where I'm going. And guess what your feelings will do? Guess what your feelings will do once you start to praise? Guess what your feelings will do once you start to worship? Feelings follow, feelings follow. And so you weren't feeling it, but even though you weren't feeling it, you lifted up your hands, even though you weren't feeling it, you cried out to God, even though you weren't feeling it, you put your faith, you put your trust in Him, even though you weren't feeling it. Stay standing, stay standing. I know that I'm speaking to people today that ain't feeling it. I know I'm speaking to people today that are on the last leg of their energy, last leg of their strength, last leg of their joy. And I want to tell you, you need to praise and tell your feelings to get in place. You're going to follow my praise. I heard one worship leader say it like this. There's two times to worship God. When you feel like it and when you don't. Either way, feelings follow. Feelings follow. But the Spirit leads. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.